Welcome to Enjoying the Journey with Evangelist Scott Pauling. Today, we are on a journey through Scripture. We hope you'll join us as we make 66 stops through each book of the Word of God. All right, I want you to be honest now. Have you ever decided you were going to read through the entire Bible and you started in Genesis and you did very well and Exodus you pressed through, Leviticus was tough, Numbers, Deuteronomy, you kept moving, you got to the historical books and then you arrived at 1 Chronicles. 1 <laughs> Chronicles, Chronicles for us, perhaps the longest span of any book of the Bible. For example, the first word of Chronicles is Adam. It goes all the way back to the very beginning, and it covers 3,600 years. Think of that. Did you know that there are 1,500 names in the first nine chapters of 1 Chronicles? And sometimes people get bogged down in them, and they think, why all these names, and why all these genealogies? You remember in the New Testament, we're, we're cautioned, we're warned not to give heed to fables and endless genealogies. But you see, the genealogies Paul warns about in the New Testament are people's family lines, thinking that there's something special because of who their parentage happened to be. But the genealogy found in Chronicles is not just any genealogy, my friend. This is the family line of Jesus Christ. Interestingly enough, in the Jewish Bible, the Hebrew Old Testament, the Chronicles is the last book. Now that's significant because when you begin our New Testament, what do you begin with? The chronology, the genealogy of Christ, I believe, the Lord intended from the beginning that those would connect to one another. You see, Chronicles is about Christ. It is about God's faithfulness amidst man's unfaithfulness. Now, as you read through the Chronicles, you're going to, to feel like uh, I've been here before, a little deja vu, for example, because the Chronicles are really a commentary on Samuel and Kings. Now, the books of Chronicles are different because they're arranged in chronological order. That's what a chronicle is. It's a a historical record chronologically arranged. And the books of Chronicles are a little significant because they're confined mainly to the southern kingdom of Judah. Israel, the northern kingdom, is really only mentioned in its relationship to Judah. So there are similarities to Samuel and Kings, and yet there are some differences. Samuel and Kings show us the, the royal perspective. Chronicles shows us more the religious perspective. We see the kings in Samuel and Kings, but we see more the priestly work in Chronicles. The throne is in view in the early historical books, but the temple is in view in the Chronicles. Uh, Samuel and Kings deal with political things, but Chronicles with ecclesiastical things. Uh, you might say it this way, in Samuel and in Kings, we get a human viewpoint, but Chronicles gives us the divine standpoint. Not as man is ruling in history, but as God is ruling and overruling. So many of the same events, but a different perspective. And comparing Scripture with Scripture, oh, it's going to give you such light on this period in Israel's history. And I think such light for your own life. Ezra the scribe, we believe, drew from many sources, but we believe he's the one who penned the words found under inspiration of the Holy Spirit in the Chronicles. And let's set the context for just a moment. The people have gone into Babylonian captivity. You remember? 
At the end of 2 Kings, the city is destroyed, the temple is burned, the throne of David is gone, and now they've lived through the Babylonian captivity and they're returning. They're coming back to ruins. They're coming back to ashes. What hope is there? Well, in light of that, the Chronicles were written. They were written to give hope. You see, by and large, when you read the record of the kings, there was a lot of depressing records, frankly, a lot of despair. But the message of Chronicles is a message we need today. It's a message of hope. What is the message? The message is this. The throne is gone, but the promise is not. You may not be able to see the temple or see the throne right now, but God is still ruling and God's promise is still valid. There was no king, but the king of kings was still in control. And they need to be reminded of the covenant that God made with David. That's the reason for all these genealogies. It's, it's the reason why there's such a recap of historical events. The remnant needed a reminder. Reminders serve as divine encouragement that God has not forsaken you, that God has never failed you, and He's not going to fail you now. It's interesting, but it's almost as if there's a return to theocracy. There's a return to the fact that God is in control. It's not man ruling. It's not heathen people ruling. It's not chaos ruling. No, God Himself is ruling. And I'm happy to report to you today, my friend, that our God still rules and our God still reigns. He is on the throne today and all is well in heaven and soon all will be well on earth. The great message of Chronicles to us is remembering God and His promises. As a matter of fact, I told you the first word of the book was Adam, and indeed it is, but let me read to you the end of the book. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles, verse number 29, Now the acts of David the king, first and last, behold, they are written in the book of Samuel the seer, and in the book of Nathan the prophet, and in the book of Gad the seer, with all his reign and his might, and the times that went over him and over Israel, and over all the kingdoms of the countries. The book ends, 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 29 and verse 30 ends with a reminder of David's rule and reign. And why? Not for David's sake. It's a reminder of God's covenant with David. God's promise to David. As a matter of fact, the entire book really centers around that. It leads us to the one that God said, I'm going to give you an eternal throne. I'm going to give you an eternal kingdom. I'm going to give you an eternal seed, an eternal promise. Remember I said Chronicles is about Christ. It's not just about David. It's about the son of David that is to come. And it's beautiful to see, to see that God has not forsaken His people. And friend, I want to say to you, Jesus Christ stands through the annals of history and cries out, I will Never leave thee nor forsake thee. It's interesting, but in a dark day, Chronicles is a very positive book. It begins in chapters 1 through 9 with the genealogy of the chosen line. And then in chapters 10 through 12, the greatness of the chosen king. And then in chapters 13 through 16, the glory of the chosen place. The ark being brought to Jerusalem by David and a reminder of the presence of God and the blessings that accompany that presence. And then in chapters 17 through 21, the grace on the chosen people. And God deals with Judah, but then even more specifically with the house of David, with that family. And then it ends in chapters 22 through 29 with the grandeur of the chosen work. It deals with the work of the Levites in the temple. The grandest work is always God's work. The grandest work is the priestly work. Oh, friend, 
What is our work today? We've been made a kingdom of priests unto our God. We have access to the throne of the King. We have, we have a way made into the holiest of all to talk to the King of kings and Lord of lords. A friend, no matter what your story today, no matter what your, your stress or your struggle or your strain, no matter what your sin, I want to give you some hope today. God is still on the throne. The Lord is at work at this moment. And if you'll return to the Lord, the one who never left, you left Him, He never left you. If you return to the Lord who is always the same, you'll find that His promises are true. You might feel like the throne has disappeared, but friend, His promise is not. And so today in First Chronicles, we're remembering God and remembering His promises. And may that remembering cause us to return. Because only in that do we return to the blessing. Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible, the facts, the people, the places, but instead the purpose of the Bible is to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, scottpauley.org. Among the many resources we have available, we're excited to make available to you a Journey Through Scripture daily Bible reading plan. This will be a tremendous help in our current study. Until next time, may God help you to enjoy the journey.